2: Hello there, Chris Evans here. This is the best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, old friends and comedy heroes Faye Ripley and David Baddiel tell us all about their brand new consumer advice podcast, Buy, Leave It or Not. Available now via Audible. Red Bull's big boss, Christian Horner, gets us revved up ahead of the 2022 Formula One World Championship. Acting up-and-comer Harris Dickinson tells us how he feels to be an EE BAFTA Rising Star nominee ahead of the award-winning ceremony in March. Times Radio's Matt shortly discusses his ongoing stand-up tour, who's in charge here, and his brilliant Times Radio show, plus his podcast and loads of other stuff. All of that and so much more to come, so Dapper Dave, do tell us who is first.
3: They've got TV comedy and publishing wrapped up, so now you can add podcasting to that list. Yes. Their new podcast, Baddiel and Ripley's by Leave It On On is available on Audible now. So please welcome two people that have stress-tested fart pants and bacon after shave, so you don't have to. It's <laughs> Faye Ripley and David Bedil. Hello! All right, guys? Are
4: you all right? Very Hello.
3: well. So we've had Newman and Bedil, Bedil and Skinner,
2: and
5: yeah. now we
4: have Ripley and Bedil. Basically, I get hated by a double-act partner. After a while, I have to move on. Is that what happens? Yeah, that's what happens. Well, or... It's going to happen eventually with Faye.
5: Well, what the eventual bit is that eventually you found someone it's going to work with, David. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. When's that hit going to happen? So there's that... For, <laughs> (laughs) deal. And
2: there's your (laughs) wife not touching you anymore, which is why you have to sort of deploy these massage things that you've been testing.
4: Yeah, that's also Massage guns. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I have to find another woman. You have a collection (laughs) of guns, massage guns. I do have a collection of massage guns. Especially foot massages. Yeah, because basically I... uh, My wife does touch me, but, you know, every so often (laughs) she thinks, stop asking me for... Only with gloves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So I think, well, a robot would be fine for affection. Uh, and that's, yeah, I got an electric foot massager, and I think I've got one of those. I mean, it's sort of like an actual gun. That's the weird thing about it. Yeah. But it's doing the opposite of a gun, which is relaxing you. A gun frightens you, yeah. a massage gun relaxes you. It
2: depends who's wielding it, to be honest, and what they intend to do with it. And you do allude to that on the podcast. Um, of course, they have various attachments. The Again. massage
4: gun. You seem in, yeah. to know quite a lot about yourself. Well, Do you I've have got, one? I've, I've got two or three. I'm same as you. Okay.
2: I don't think you have one. It's like bikes in the end. No,
6: yeah,
4: you get very, very into
6: Because yeah. there's
2: a rule for bikes. That, what's the rule
6: for bikes? Uh, the, the correct number of bikes to own is the current number of bikes you have plus one or the number of bikes that would end in your divorce minus
4: one. you wow. oh, go. thank you. Matt. And it's not dissimilar with massage We guns. also review My Electric Bikes. So we should say, perhaps mm. we should say, that Benira Ripley's Buy, Leave It or Not is a show on which we review stuff. You know, that I was kidding to that. I've done this
2: before. I know, <laughs> how to, I know how to frame
4: an interview. <laughs> I, I know you know, but I panicked. I panicked, Chris. I thought you'd forgotten everything. Thanks for the radio hack.
5: <laughs> this is what it's like working I with Chris. He
4: knows that.
2: I, I am sensing a fourth partner anytime soon <laughs> 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 nowhere to heavens. be found in this building. Yeah. All right, Fay, how did you get uh, hoodwinked into this consumer comedy based <laughs> review podcast
5: yeah. um i I suggested it to david yes i have since regretted that (laughs) since i started Um, talking to them, yes uh no we we sort of we've been sort of you know going around the houses for years we've known each other for years and we sort of felt like everyone else was doing a podcast um but also by the way we didn't want to do the thing that everyone else is doing yeah so we've gone quite niche yeah i think that's clear
2: but niche is where they it's when they work niche
5: well it's a little corner that no one else is in, which is what you want. So you know,
2: there's this thing. That there's a there's a, um, a sort of I don't know a silver arrow or silver bullet for podcasts. And it's smallest viable, and it sounds an aspirational that, but it's actually not because J.K. Rowling is smallest vi- her smallest viable viable audience it has to be seven to be seven hundred million teenagers. Can we but, have them? Yeah, but it's smallest viable.
4: That's the, the, so that's is, the that a, is that a thing? Small is viable. No, smallest viable. Smallest because viable. Because if you go for your biggest oh. possible audience, right, right. Well, that's fine.
2: But how about you start with your smallest viable because it's more more attainable, more achievable, then they'll be early adopters, and then they would be like the Avon ladies for whatever it is you're no, that's doing. That's right.
4: When we did fantasy football, sorry to mention a previous double act that I over oh, them, but we when get. we did that, me and Frank said, right, at no point are we going to explain any football jokes or football references yeah, on you here, felt need because to explain the, the audience podcast that, that, that we're the going for... Doing this morning. We yeah, we not... <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh,
3: jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
7: So,
2: very do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Go on, crack on. So, <laughs> you
4: start <you're>, it. <laughs> I get it now, but I get what you mean by smallest viable. Yeah. You basically, you find your audience, but yeah. I, I don't quite know what we have because it's only just gone out, what the Baddiel and Ripley's buy, leader well, or not audience is. It's, it's people it's who six. like buying stuff.
5: We've got six reviews. No, 11 now. We've
4: got 11. <laughs> oh, uh, not that I'm sitting Woo. there watching the reviews come in, but we've got 11 but reviews not on the Audible site. Not everybody side.
2: who listens reviews. So, the other thing yeah. you do with the podcast at the end is you say, if you like this episode, please please do um, uh, recommend and review and give us a review. And you, 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 you do that you, shamelessly at the end of the podcast. That's what you need to do. Because yeah. what you'll do is you get people giving you one stars because they just love to see their name in lights. So you have to just sort of overwhelm them with people who actually like you. Right, Uh, that's what. These are all the tricks, mate. Thank you, Chris. All
5: eleven of ours like us. We
2: can talk about it after the show. It's fine, (laughs) (laughs) you know. Uh, And this is all absolutely free. No, but it's it's hilarious, and it's it's available on Audible. It's exclusive to Audible, and that's that. We have to mention that because you can't find it. So if you go onto um, uh, Spotify or anything like that and you search for it, you can't get it. You've got to go to Audible. That's the thing, isn't it?
4: Apparently, yeah. No, that is
2: because I tried it this morning.
4: Oh, good, because I'm a bit confused about that. No, you have to go to Audible, which is fine because lots of people do. Can I name drop? Yeah, if you go. I was with Tom Stoppard yesterday, and he said to me, "Where do I find this podcast?" What? Right, and I said, "Oh, it's you just search for podcast." And he got his phone out, and then we couldn't find it. Me and Tom Stoppard <laughs> because you have could... to download the Audible app, right?
2: Because that's why Audible love you because you're going to get people to download their app, ah. and even if they then don't like your podcast, which I'm sure they will, but if they don't, they've got the Audible audio book I'll, I'll let library. Tom Stoppard
4: know. That's how <laughs> that's it works. You
2: you remember um, when Sky had Sky had to get the football? They yeah. had to get the football. Well, Audible, they've had to get us. Baddiel and Ripley. Yeah. I see. Seriously. Yeah. No, no, I get it. You I get are their it. premiership.
5: Yeah. Wow. They wow. fought very, very hard for us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they asked twice, I think. Um,
2: right, we're done. Um, oh, are we? OK. Uh, Baddiel and Ripley's Buy, Leave It or Not, makes no sense whatsoever as a title, <laughs> right? It's, it's unhelpful in the mechanic of the format. <laughs>
4: You're right.
2: But it's a great podcast. Thank, Thank you very you. much, Chris. And that's Chris. the bottom line there. Thank you. And you can only get it via Audible um, and once you get into Audible uh, there's a whole treasure trove of other wonderful things to listen to including um audiobooks and things like that deal and Ripley's Buy, Leave It or Not is out now on Audible maybe a UK stadium tour
0: looking forward to Don't it
2: come this time next year yeah. thank you guys cheers Thanks. Chris
7: happy yes. Friday
0: you're awesome the best of the Chris Evans breakfast show with Sky
7: Virgin Radio
3: he's the man that pushes Verstappen to the max and this upcoming season on Sky Sports F1 will be no different they've unveiled their new car testing is around the corner and the first chequered flag Flag is being ironed ready for Bahrain. So from Red Bull Racing, please welcome the always Formula Wonderful Christian Horner. Formula Wonderful. Uh, How about follow. that, Christian? Good
2: to see you. Nice to see you. How are you doing? I'm good. Alright, so first question. Ask the Ferrari question, and then we won't answer it. It's far too nerdy, but you can ask <laughs> it. You can ask it anyway. Off you go.
8: Um, what do you think about the new Ferrari side pods and the U uh, shape to channel the air?
9: Uh, yeah, the, the Ferrari, it's an interesting concept. I think that's the car that it's looks. It's not
2: interesting
8: enough
9: for this interview. All right, <laughs> yeah. so
8: let's move right along. What's
2: there
9: it, it
8: called, that Ferrari? Isn't it called the FR75 or is that something right? like that?
9: I've got no idea. You, you don't, don't care, do you?
2: <laughs> All right. So, Christian, um, we talked to you the day after the launch of RB18. RB18,
9: the code name for the brand new um, Red Bull. Why is it called RB18? Well, um, rather tactically, it's our 18th car. <laughs> it's the 18th season that Red Bull have been in Formula 1, so that's why we stick with that, yeah, that number. Okay.
2: Uh, that's, we saw through it, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you launched it and then we all saw it and it was wonderful and you did this uh sort of global webcast and then the other teams uh sequentially um unveil their cars what do you think of the cars you've seen so far anybody got you worried anybody has you surprised anybody you think is trying to pull the wool over people's eyes ears no i think
9: i need to ask noah that to be honest with you he knows what's going on but have, have you seen them all
8: i have well i've seen a couple of them yeah right are you happy? One question. Are you happy that the silver arrows are silver again? Because that's quite a big it thing. Because they've gone from black to silver. I know. It's really important. It's a big step. So,
9: so long as they're in the mirrors, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know <Yeah.
2: laughs> well, that's so fun. No, but seriously, has anybody got you, not worried, but intrigued?
9: I think because it's such a big regulation change this year, it's the biggest reg change for the last 30, 40 years, yeah. so... Uh, I think Adrian's been looking over what's you know some of the opponents are up to, and and it's always interesting to see what solutions they come up with. Right for people who don't know Adrian, who Adrian Newey. Adrian Newey, who's our obviously star designer. Yeah, he's a wizard, isn't he? He he sees air molecules. I like, day like today, he can see you know what's going on. That's
2: what they say. They describe him as the man who can see air. Yeah, because he's is he an aerodynamicist? Is that what is that his That's title? his. That's his.
9: You know, his training, his background. So. Uh, how he interpretates that air running over the car is, you know, is, is phenomenal.
2: When did you first realise um, how sort of otherworldly he was? What hap- What did you witness? Well, he- I was
9: always a fan of his cars growing up. I was a big Nigel Mansell fan and Nigel was driving, you know, Adrian design cars and winning world championships in them. So, uh, so I always had an affiliation to him, you know, from that. And how did you get your job? That's a very good question. <laughs> um, well, I started life as a driver a long, long time ago. I know.
2: Tell people about that. So,
9: uh, yeah, I started in go-karts and then f- coming through the formers. I raced in Formula 2. I was a test driver with Lotus years and years ago. And, uh, but I wasn't quite good enough. And I thought, I can't get a proper job. So, uh, so I started a team in Formula 2 and, and won a few championships in that. And then Red Bull came along and said, look, we're going to buy Jaguar. Why don't you come, come and be with us?
2: And, and who was it at Red Bull that decided to buy Jaguar? How did, you know, was it a marketing thing? Was, was, there, was there a fan at the
9: heart of the decision? Well, Dietrich Maleschitz, the owner of Red Bull, he's a, a, a big Formula One fan. And I think that uh, he wanted to have his own team in Formula One. Jaguar uh, came on the market and, and Red Bull, you know, bought it at the end of 2004. And, you know, since then we've turned it around and, you know, we've won a few races and championships. Who were the drivers for Jag
2: in 2004?
9: In 2004, it was Mark Webber, uh, you know, was one of the drivers and Christian Clean. Right. And then our first driver uh, was was DC, was David Coulthard, 2005. So, uh, we are on the precipice of a brand new season. Lots of things
2: have happened. I don't want to get too nerdy because I want to engage people who, um, you know, I don't want to preach the converted. Um, But it is... Last year couldn't have been more exciting from a driver point of view. And this year, it's already kicked off with a bit of controversy, which is what we everybody needs and wants, because it's drama both on the track, you know, in the pit lane, around the track, you know, around the calendar, but sort of from the off, like a boxing match at the weigh-in. So already yeah. you've got, you know, Lewis at the back end of last week when Noah's talking about uh, the Silver Arrows being silver Once again, you know, all this talk about Lewis, you know, was he going to walk away from Formula 1? That was never going to happen. Never in a million years. So so tell us about uh, your take on... Um, sort of uh, the aftermath or, you know, sort of the pre If this was Succession Series 4, you know, we'd all be looking forward to it, talking about the plot lines. How how do you sense things are just before the curtain raise of this year?
9: Well, there's been a lot of um, discussion over the winter. I mean, obviously, it was a controversial last race. For people who don't know. And, uh, you know, Max won that race because there was a crash five laps before the end. And what people are forgetting is, tactically, we made the right call. They left Lewis out on 44-lap old tyres. Right. He didn't stand a chance at the restart, whereas, you know, we pitted Max for new tyres. He made the pass, um, you know, on the last lap and became the world champion. And, uh, and then there was a lot of controversy over the race director, you know, allowing cars to unlap but not... All of the cars to watch toto Wolf threw his headphones across the room <laughs> the, he lost it I, I think he 's just finished his therapy and he 'll be back for the for the season <laughs> at, for the season ahead but um... But uh, yeah, so it was a lot of controversy. The race director's been fired, um, which is sad. So, which is sad. Very sad, you know. Because I, I think pressure like that—that's yeah. that's not right. But uh, it was great for the viewer. It's it's great. I mean, Netflix's awesome coming out. I mean, it's 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 box office.
2: Um, what do you want? What do you want for this year? Obviously, you want a Red Bull win. Um, uh, what do you, what are your hopes and dreams for the sport this year?
9: I think to continue to put on you know, a great show, to be great racing, to be wheel-to-wheel racing, it'd be great if there was you know, two or three teams uh, rather than just Max and Lewis going for it. I think Ferrari could be strong this year. And I think you know, we've just got to keep, keep evolving. I think these new cars, these new regs are going to be interesting. But uh, hopefully we can keep that number one on the car. And what about um, sprint qualifying, which I loved last year? Were the teams fans or not fans? I think, uh, I think we've, we've got it back for three races this year. Uh, in Imanis, um where else have we got it? Brazil and Austria. Um, but, you, I'm uh, sensing you're not a fan. Uh, it's it's interesting. I think it could be tuned to make it a bit more bit more jeopardy because right. there's not enough risk for the drivers. On the on the Saturday at the moment.
2: And what about uh, the, well, that's interesting. So you want it to be you want it to stay, but be even better.
9: Yeah, absolutely. Right. And would you like it to be more prevalent, maybe at every single race, or not? I wouldn't do it in Monaco, but um, yeah. yeah, I think you could pick up to six races potentially that you could do it in the
0: future. Right. Thanks, Christian. Thank you very much, awesome. good to see you.
2: bring on F1 2022, we cannot wait.
0: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
7: Virgin Radio.
3: If it's good enough for Angelina Jolie and Michelle Pfeiffer, it's good enough for us. The it we're referring to is a brilliant young actor nominated for this year's BAFTA EE Rising Star Award. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the hot property currently sizzling up our studio. It's Harris Dickinson! Hello, Harris.
10: Hello, what a lovely introduction. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. So how much do you know about this award that you are up for? Uh, I mean, I know a lot about the history of it. I know what a privilege it is. Um, Tell us about the history that you know. Well, interestingly, my agent's mother was the founder of the award. So Kate Buckley's mum was the founder. And um, I don't know, I think through the years, it's always been a very um, important award for shining light on... Diverse talent as well, which is something that's pretty cool from all different backgrounds and I think like um yeah i just feel i feel very grateful and uh, honored to to be included in that you know so
2: excellent nominees uh, alongside you this year past winners include who for example
10: uh daniel Kalua um uh Kristen Stewart. I've not I don't know I've not like I think Tom Holland won it won you Tom Holland won it he's doing all right um he's doing <laughs> he's, he's doing, doing rather really, well isn't he he's doing really watch well. out
2: for him uh, but I mean you, you're pretty, you've done extraordinarily well so far which is why you're nominated for this um so but you you wanted to be a marine
10: yeah is that correct yeah yeah I to join the military not only yeah. did you
2: want to be a marine that's just what you were going to do that was it wasn't it yeah so so tell us yeah. about that first and then tell us about what happened there.
10: Well, when I was like, I was doing, I was in the marine cadets from age like fourteen, and and I and I really enjoyed it. It sort of gave me this like purpose that I otherwise didn't have, and right. acting was something I was simultaneously doing. Um, but I never quite sort of uh, imagined it would be a career, you know. So I I sort of thought the military was a an easy option, or a, which it isn't <laughs> when it, when easy, we later yeah, look back on it, but, but, a but more it was certain, more option. certain, uh, a, a, and something that was a little more uh, viable at the time, which is mad really when you, when you think about it. But, um, yeah. And then my, my, my drama coach, uh, Graham Bryan, shout out to him. He's a, he's a legend. He convinced me against, he was like, why are you doing that? You know, you could, could be an actor if you want. Yeah. Well, I was like, really? All right. I didn't realize I could. How were you as a cadet?
2: Were you a good Marine cadet?
10: I was very diligent. Very. (laughs) Tell us what that means. Um, I think I was just a good, good listener, good, uh, Absorbed information, you know, it was, took instruction well. What kind of things did you experience? Um, well, it was weird because even at a young age, we we used to go on these training camps and, and we were shooting rifles and stuff. And Actual? It was, th- yeah, yeah, and it was quite, you know, it was quite a lot for a 14-year-old to be, like, trekking through the forest with a big bergen and a rifle. And, you know, you really... I think you start to, like, believe that that's why. It's kind of an indoctrination of sorts. You start to get into that, like... And what did you learn about yourself, or what skills did you learn? Oh, that's a it's a heavy question. Um, discipline. No. I had a lot of discipline. It taught me a lot of discipline. Well, it
2: also taught the, yourself that you were good at it. I was good at discipline because that that is yeah. something you either got it or you haven't. You either appreciate discipline or you don't. You run towards it or you run away from it.
10: Yeah, no, and I appreciated it at the time. It was something that kept me sort of focused. You know, it sort of kept me away from trouble. And and I've transferred that into my 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 career now and my life. So. I'm I'm grateful for it. Yeah,
2: that would that will help. So mm. you had an acting an acting coach at the time. Mm. Where where did the acting coach come into your life? How did that happen?
10: Well, I was part of the uh, of a theatre school called Royal Academy in Walthamstow, East London, um, and I, I went there a few days a week. And that was, was, that, was that was that awesome? Night. It was brilliant. Yeah, that was like the place where you could go and you know there was no judgment you could be yourself you could open up and And experiment that that
2: high that the high of performance is unless people have experienced it you know no wonder it's so addictive because it's getting high in your own supply with your mates doing the same thing and creating something that's worth watching
10: yeah absolutely i think it gives you a chance to like work out these things when especially when you're like a young man figuring out who you are and figuring out your place yeah. in the world it gives you a chance to like work through that in a, in a safe space and yeah, I, think safe place, safe space. yeah absolutely. I get it completely and yeah. and
2: again like you say uh you know you've got each other's backs there's routine to it yeah. um you know you look forward to it at the end of the day you know it puts the pep in the step of an otherwise boring tuesday in the middle of january or whatever it is it's cool man yeah it's really 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 cool yeah. so you have this brilliant acting coach yeah Yeah.
10: um
2: and then you, there's some out of video you sent a video off is that right? Did you not
10: send an audition off or something? Oh yeah, well I was I was auditioning for a few years. I was working. I was doing various different jobs, and then I worked around here actually. I worked, at, you know, Potter's Fields. Yeah, yeah. I worked on the bins. I had, that was my plot of land. I had the, uh, I had the responsibility, the, the big responsibility of emptying the bins for for a few years, and that was my, that was my job. And did for a you while. do
2: that because that was a job that facilitated you being able to act? Should you know, as and when?
10: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you
2: know, that's what Einstein did.
10: Really? What yeah. empty bins?
2: <laughs> no, well, more or less. So what he did was he, he was, um, you know, he was professor, professorial uh, at uh, this this uh, sort of um, uh, gilded seat of learning. Mm. But because he was so ahead of the curve, because he knew things that hadn't even been discovered or were unable to be taught because they didn't exist yet. But because he knew in his head mm. and he could see the universe like nobody else could, mm. nobody, his, his elders didn't want to know. And so he was going through this pedestrian, perfunctory kind of uh, process of learning. And he he said he was he was writing papers that they wouldn't accept mm. but he said but this is all true and I can prove it and they went yeah yeah, yeah. upstart go and sit go and sit at the back of the class and sit sit on your hands and you know um, um, mind your tongue and so what he did he said well, this is useless so he went and worked as a blue collar worker yeah. in a patent office because that simple simple life allowed him to then do what he needed to do in the downtown because it was the least taxing thing
10: yeah. that he
2: could make a living at and that's what that's what he did oh, and why no, he I did it I never knew
10: that that's interesting so,
2: so but so you working on the bins allowed you to go and show up for auditions what was your first ever paid acting job uh
10: it was an advert for volkswagen it right. was a volkswagen advert and I, and I flew to barcelona for it How cool but the that? interesting thing is that it was amazing <laughs> i was at college at the time as well and i sort of thought this is it i'm out of here you know i was like but i, I didn't actually so they flew me and two other actors out right. to barcelona and they 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 stood us in front of the whole corporate team of Volkswagen and they were talking in Spanish, sort of saying our names and comparing us. And, and we were basically battling it out for the part. So it was like this weird situation where you stood next to another actor. Right. Being, it could be you. Yeah. It was horrible. But once I got the job, it was... What did nice. you have to do in the ad? Uh, drive a car um, to a house and then... Get out and knock on the door and kiss my friend's mum. There you go. It was brilliant. All right. Cool. Uh, good luck, pal. I'm sure you Cheers. don't mind
2: you don't mind if you if you don't win it, but to be nominated is, is a win in itself. You'd like to win it, of course. But you're you're in such great company. Um, you know, you've just got to spread the love, haven't you, on the night?
10: Absolutely, yeah. I'm looking right, forward to it. Great Thanks. to meet you. You too, man. Really
2: nice to meet you. What a what a great young man. Uh, search E Bafter Star to vote for any of the nominees. Voting closes on Tuesday, first March, Bafter take place thirtieth of March, and that was the lovely Harris Dickinson.
0: Rock and roll. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
7: Virgin Radio.
0: He's a fox around the dispatch
3: box, a political goal poacher, and he's touring the UK with his show, Who is in Charge Here? You'll find him on Times Radio weekdays from 10, so please welcome the incredibly entertaining pain in Westminster's derriere. It's Matt Chorley! All
6: right, (laughs) Matt! Very good morning. The fox around the dispatch box. You like that? Yeah, it's nice. He's good, isn't he? Yeah. He's been a bit tired, but he's back on form now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's been a bit tired because he had to film an advert for John Lewis all day Tuesday, and he was a bit tired. He had to it. do a whole day's work. Yeah. Do, do Amazing. Know what, do you know what the filming was? Him lying in bed.
3: <laughs> it really was it's t- more tiring than you think he came back yeah. to
2: work and I said how you do, he said I'm a bit tired expecting actual sympathy <laughs> <He did. laughs> for getting paid a fortune for lying in bed so you were in bed for like twice as long as you usually are and came back to work tired yeah. typical of the young of today <laughs> how are you Matt I'm very okay, good uh, you've taken to radio like a duck to water. We'll talk about your stand-up tour in a moment or two, and loads. I mean, you're up to so many things. Um, how many are you up to? A year at Times Radio? Yeah. Uh,
6: it's nearly two years. Is it nearly two it's years? Two, it'll be two years how in time, June. How time flies! How time it? flies! Because we went out before and during the first couple of weeks. We, didn't we went. I came in here before we went on air. That's right. In June. That's two and years. And then around my, oh my birthday. Goodness. Oh my goodness! That September, you happened to appear in the office on the day of my birthday, and we went to the pub. We did. Yeah.
2: And we had a good old chug.
6: We did. A good old chug and a chat. We did have a chat.
2: When we still could. And we can again now. We can again now, exactly. Today's the first day. Uh, we haven't mentioned it, have we? Um, no masks in the building today. No yep. masks downstairs on reception, security. Everybody's like.
6: Plastic screens masculine. are being taken away. Yeah,
2: I mean, you can still wear one if you want to. Yeah. Um uh, On TFL yesterday, some people were, some people weren't, but today it's no longer mandatory. Yeah,
6: yeah. It was quite mixed this morning, I'd say. Was it? Yeah.
2: Okay, so you've already trained. Uh, right, Matt is uh, on tour now. So he was talking about going on tour with his. Uh, latest stand-up who's in charge here but he's now done a couple of dates, so
6: you actually can tell us whether it's funny or not Matt <laughs> it seems are to be you funny it seems to be going well the thing I'd forgotten uh having spent like you said the last two years I haven't been able to go anywhere or do anything is I had a show and it was like two halves of like 45 minutes you get in front of an audience what's great you get in front of an audience you add 20 minutes because they start talking and I end up talking to them uh so it's been yeah it's been a lot of fun it's All been a lot of fun. So about five dates in of 25.
2: Yeah, okay. So let's get people to uh, the ticket um, outlet. Mattchorley.com. M-A-T-T-C-H-O-R-L-E-Y.com. Mattchorley.com to go and oh, see Matt tonight in Farnham, for example. Farnham,
6: exactly. Farnham. And I, I've got news. Come on. Uh, we're adding a new date in London. Are you? So we added, we did one. Don't and that's tell, don't tell me Wembley Stadium. No, it's not Wembley Stadium. Come on. It's, no, it's more, it's more intimate than that. It would be crass, I think, to play Wembley okay. Stadium. Okay. Uh, the Bloomsbury Theatre.
2: One or the other, that's fine. Exactly. It's don't fine. get caught in the middle. Exactly. <laughs> love Keep it. Keep it intimate. Bloomsbury so, uh, Theatre.
6: So uh, the first two have sold out. So we're going to t- from tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, uh, there'll be tickets for the third one.
2: Mattchorley.com exactly is where you right. need to go. So Farnham tonight at the Maltings. Yes, just Beautiful. Up, That's local to me. It's just on the road. A couple of dates
6: in Guildford because you live in Guildford. You no, know, I don't live in Guildford. We've been through this before. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I
2: apologise.
6: I apologise. Well, I, I mean, well, I'd, love to, I'd like to live in Guildford. Well, you,
2: do, well, you, you are for the next 48 hours. <laughs> yes, exactly. Saturday, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Guildford tomorrow night and also Saturday night. Yeah, okay. Sorry, why the confusion about you living in Guildford? Apart from the fact that somebody's written it down here, I think I've just read somebody out.
6: may have looked at the postcode because my post—I live in Fleet. I mean, it's not a million miles away from Guildford, but uh, not actually. Know,
2: strange phrase because nowhere's a million miles from Guildford. No, that's true. Because the planet's only yeah. 25,000 miles. It's about what
6: twenty minutes from Guildford. Yeah, it can
2: seem like a million miles. Do you know what's going on on the M3? Um, yes. Yeah, it's a fleet, isn't it? Yeah. All uh, right, um, this is interesting.
6: <laughs> Anyone else want to name any motorways? Maidenhead.
2: <laughs> You're playing Maidenhead next yes. Friday. I can come see you next Friday. Yeah. Around the corner from me. Yeah. What time do you start? Half seven. All right. Uh, oh, come on, this is great. Saturday, March the 12th. Matt Chorley is playing at the Chorley Theatre for one well, night only,
6: it'll be the Matt Chorley Theatre. Chorley and, Chor- Chorley, and Chorley. Come on. <laughs> Chorley not. Chorley. We went there, we went and did the radio show from there last year. Did you? It was a lot of fun. Everyone was very confused by me being called Matt Chorley. But it was yeah. nice. Good. Yeah. Uh,
2: so you've got Sheffield, Regis. This after that, throughout March. Uh, Brighton, Comedia, that's with a K. Uh, Leeds City Variety, Shrewsbury 7, Salford, Lowry, London, Bloomsbury, London, Bloomsbury, and just announced, another London Bloomsbury. Bloomin' uh, Tuesday, 5th of April and Thursday, April 7, Cambridge Junction. Bristol, Hen and Chicken. Crowds, how do you travel? Where do you go down best? Um, you know, how, do, how is the interbeing with the audience different rega- uh, regarding geography?
6: It's interesting. So, uh, the thing that I've really So, I use a uh, PowerPoint screen. So, I'm talking about obscure politicians. Love it. Put up a picture. And the thing that I'm discovering uh-huh. is what, people who I think are obscure are trapped. People people know who Andrew Bridgen is, who yeah. I think is an obscure Tory MP who's a menace. But uh, put up a picture of him. It gets like a good panto groan. Uh, people have quite strong views on Priti Patel and Liz Truss. Uh, they're a bit nonplussed about Keir Starmer as a sort of focus group. Um, yeah,
2: so these are political
6: enthusiasts who like a, a little giggle along
2: with
1: their
6: uh, gaggle. Yes, but you don't need to know anything about politics. I, I, I think the the thing about lots of people say I'm not into politics. I don't really follow it and all of that. And I think if it can be sometimes a quick, bit difficult to get into. You know, you haven't. You know, it's yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. like you, you try to get into a soap.
11: It's a fine line, isn't it? Yeah. You so like I'm so the sort of
6: I'm the sort of previously in politics catch up. So then you, when you leave. You'll be completely across everything. You know all the characters are, you know the soap opera, and then you can start following it. Yeah, good, good, good.
2: Matt, you're <laughs> awesome, mate. It's great to see you, man. It's lovely to see you. It's great to see you. And you are doing fantastic oh, business in much. everything. He's writing for The <laughs> Times, he's got his podcast. Give that a shout out. Uh, there's
6: pop- the Red Box Podcast. If you can't listen to the radio show because you're listening to Virgin, then you can, of course, uh, catch up on the Red Box Podcast.
2: All right, who's in charge uh, here? Continues tonight in Farnham Maltings. Uh, tickets available at mattchorley.com. Uh, he's a great guy to spend any time with, especially. Um, if you are coughing up shillings to be made to laugh, and giggle, <laughs> and become engaged.
0: Cheers, Matt. Lots to say. Cheers, Chris. You're awesome. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show
7: with Sky. Virgin Radio.
2: Alright, that was the first half of our stunning guests already, but still to come. The one and only David Crofty Croft talking more. Formula One with a brand new F1 season on Sky Sports F1, heralded this week with the first testing in Barcelona, the wonder of wildlife. Steve Backshaw shares all ahead of his new Ocean UK live tour. Genius surgeon Dr. Rahul Jandial chats the mind, physical well-being and his latest book, Life on a Knife's Edge. Living legend Roger Dodds, who tells us all about his upcoming teenage Cancer Trust gigs at the Royal Albert Hall and former Olympian Steve Cram shares with us how thrilling it was to commentate on the Winter Olympics curling events and of course looks ahead to this year's Fest run we won the curling well the girls won the curling we had the golden curls and we had the silver boys and then we'll all be run fast running together. Let's get right back to it. Tapper Dave, who's next?
3: Fast cars, glamorous locations, and an unflappable gift of the gab. Our next guest is the closest thing to James Bond you will ever find. The new Formula One season exclusively on Sky Sports F1 is almost upon us, with testing in Barcelona happening right now. Please welcome the incredibly testing, David Croft! Hello, David. His words, not mine, by the way.
2: Outrageous. Yeah. Morning. He's still How grouchy. He's still grouchy. I'm very well. Uh, Dapper Dave's still grouchy because he's still tired from his day of filming <laughs> on oh. Tuesday. He's filming an ad for John Lewis. He had to spend the whole day in bed oh. in a John Lewis besheated <laughs> and <a> big <laughs> bed. It was exhausting. Really he's still, tired, still grumpy.
12: I mean, seriously, I would get tired too, spending all day luxuriating between Egyptian cotton and yeah. silk pillows. I had to
3: get in and out yes. and in and out and in yeah. and out, at least five times. Oh, that oh. the old John Lewis
2: hokey oh. I was just checking it all <laughs> about. It's oh my. Anyway, Crofty, A, I love you, yes. B, I love you, C, so I love you. D, all the way to Z, I have missed you, my friend, I've missed you so oh. much.
12: And well, I've... I missed you too. Although it does feel like the shortest kind of closed season on record for Formula One. It's only been about... 60 days 70 days since we were in Abu Dhabi and so, we're still talking about Abu Dhabi all so the time. So it feels aren't we?
2: like it. Is that because it is uh, the shortest break?
12: Uh yeah it is pretty short. Uh we have finished later but that was back in the 60s where it was the 13th of December we finished and here we are in February. We're getting going again. But I tell you what Chris for all the fact that I've missed you and Vassos and everybody I cannot contain my excitement. For the start of this season. This is going to be such a cool year. Have you seen the cars? I've they seen all the cars. Awesome.
2: Uh, Noah and myself have been watching every unveiling with all the various live webinars from all the various factories. Pretty cool.
12: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, We've basically... Uh, we've done a bit of corrective surgery on the Formula One cars in the close season and uh, gone are a lot of the the barge boards and the winglets and the aerodynamic stuff that makes it very hard to follow the car in front. Mm. Instead, we have these beautiful, super sculpted, uh, wonderful modern Formula One cars uh, with a lot more simple aerodynamics, a lot of ground effect, underfloor downforce creation. And the fingers crossed at the moment, uh, the hope is, that we're gonna get overtaking, more overtaking, cars following more closely, and therefore more excitement as well. That's why we're so excited at the moment, because we have set the scene for more and more equal competition to come.
2: Right, Christian Horner's been on the show a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, um, once mm. on the phone and he was live with us on Monday and he was brilliant. But the thing about Christian is, and I love him like a brother, he's, he can't bring himself to talk about any other team, any aspect of any other team, good or bad. He just can't do it, which I love him for. He's so focused and so committed to Red Bull Racing. And you can ask him a question. He, yeah. he won't not answer it. Well, he, he, he doesn't answer it. He starts talking <laughs> again, but he won't talk about any other teams, which is fair enough. So, so can you just give us a little um, a little peek behind the curtains for, let's say, let's go for Ferrari, uh, let's go for McLaren, let's go for Mercedes, and then one other, you pick the other.
12: Okay, so yesterday was the first day of testing. Um, I'll tell you that despite the fears of all the teams that we'd have a lot of unreliability because of these big rule changes, we actually had 1104 laps in Barcelona yesterday, 16 drivers on the track. The fastest amongst them was Lando Norris. 103 laps in the fastest time of the day and you're thinking well Lando's going to be really pumped because McLaren were quickest but actually he was joking that it was bad to be quickest on the first day because now everyone expects him uh, to go and win the championship and it's going to be really easy it won't be but McLaren certainly look reliable and that's good. Charles Leclerc and the Ferrari did 80 laps now I'm really interested in the Ferrari they're, they're side pods they're the super scalloped um, uh, scallops if you want to call them that uh, side pods they look a bit like kind of Yorkshire pudding tins uh, with a little indent and quite a wide base and um, they've gone different to everyone else but Ferrari are the big outsiders for me this season in terms of a team that could win the championship that isn't Red Bull or Mercedes and they have reliability and speed and pace and Leclerc really attacking the track yesterday George Russell and Lewis Hamilton separated by well less than two tenths of a second George Russell's first day for Mercedes fourth fastest Hamilton fifth fastest the times don't really matter it's how many laps they got on the board so we'll neatly go back to Red Bull, 147 laps on the board. That's outstanding for the first day of a first test, two and a half Grand Prix distances around Barcelona. It was quick and it was reliable.
2: Perfect. Uh, you still there. You haven't dropped off, have you? No. That's, no, no. that's a just a very concise ending. I'm not used to concise endings because I work with Vassos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was talking to Vassos. I was talking to Vassos the other day on the air about, you know, I said, you know, Barcelona testing. I said, and then what is it? He said uh, straight to Bahrain for the Grand Prix. It's not. No, straight to Bahrain for testing well, you, and then the Grand Prix. You, yes, yes. exactly you, what I said. No, because they're a week apart. <laughs> they're a week apart. Yes, I know they are. I've got the dates. Don't get all giddy on me, for heaven's sake. (laughs) So, Ted Kravitz is in Barcelona, but, Crofty, it appears you're working from home.
12: Uh, Yes, I'm on my sofa (laughs) uh, this morning. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's wrong with a bit of WTF? Uh, No, that's not right. That's the WFH
13: is what you mean.
12: (laughs) Well, I'd say everything's wrong with a bit of WTF because I'm still half Can asleep. Can you stop um,
2: saying it, please? Thank you very much indeed. Sorry. We need to Apologies. put some WD40 on this interview. <laughs> Before we go any further, in fact, this is it, because you, you clearly think you're still asleep and you're not on the radio, uh, which yeah. is so unlike you. Do you get paid extra for basically being the voice of Drive to Survive? No. Well, you should. You,
3: <laughs>
0: Thank you. You absolutely I've should. That
12: for years. Um, yeah, Drive to Survive comes out 11th of March, uh, the new series. Not only do I not get paid a beam for being on Drive Why to Survive. Martin Brundle and I didn't even get a credit for the first three series as well.
5: But you,
2: uh,
12: Everyone you, else gets a credit. That's we just don't.
2: shocking. Do you, you have an agent? Uh, yes. Well, you need to get a new <laughs> that, one. No offence. I've met her, never. I think.
12: <laughs> um, no, we, we sign our life away when we... Oh, um, is that the deal? Signed for our pass every year. I mean, even even Dave probably gets a credit for his John Lewis advert. We get nothing uh, except um, a lot of people getting into and interested in Formula One. That's a massive thing I know, for I us. I know, it's a big deal. I, I
2: get it. I'm only I'm only joking, sort of. I do actually think you should get something for being in it. But anyway,
12: well, yeah, even a baseball cap would be nice. You know, yeah, something I'll, I'll or go other. With a free T-shirt. Yeah, a free T-shirt cool. will do. So. <laughs> So,
2: let's get this right. So, it's Barcelona today, Bahrain tomorrow, and then it's the final race on Saturday. Is that right, Matt? <laughs> no, yep. that's exactly right. right. Well
12: done, <laughs> um, Go on, 11th Crofty. Of yeah, go on. Yeah, 11th, 11th of March. Yeah, 11th of March. Yeah, go on. Full live commentary. Uh-huh. Bahrain test will be there. Make sure you are too. Sky Sports F1,
0: thank you very much. All Good right, morning.
7: Crofty, you love to your sofa. <laughs> Bye-bye. Take care.
0: The best of the Chris Evans breakfast show with Sky.
7: Virgin Radio.
2: Sorry about this, Dapper Dave. You've been usurped. You because we're going to talk about the Teenage Cancer Trust now, Dave, and you've written the intro, but as soon as we have a teenager here, you know, we'd be missing a trick if we didn't get the teenage to introduce the king of the teenager Cancer Trust. Don't you think so? No pressure, Noah. By the <laughs> way, Noah, this is Roger Daltrey <laughs> you're introducing. Now, you've met Roger before, haven't you?
8: Um, I am very lucky to, yes, I yeah. have.
2: And he actually gave you not one but two harmonicas. He did. Which still take pride of place on Noah's... Best of bedroom shelf, let me tell you. All right, Nodgy, uh, he's just turned to You see, now, Dapper Dave, had this been two weeks ago, you'd still be in the pound seats with the intro because he was only 12 there. But now he's a here. So we have to do this. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to it. Noah, it's over to you.
8: Generation defining rock and roll and unmatched charity work, our guest does it all. Tickets for the Teenage Cancer Trust gigs at the Royal Albert Hall are available from 9am this morning. And here to tell us all about it is someone for whom you should not accept any substitute. <laughs> it's Roger Daltrey! Yeah! Yes! <laughs> Good morning, Roger! Yeah, morning Chris. Good
11: morning, everyone.
2: <laughs> How are you today, my friend?
11: sleepy sleepy
2: but you're here and we'll take it roger thanks so much for being with us again this morning congratulations on what is a fantastic lineup for the teenage cancer trust gigs
11: thank you i mean it's astonishing uh because i've got to tell you two and a half months ago we only had two people um and that was the who in youngwood and of course um The the, the artists, they're so generous to this charity, it's wonderful. They recognise that the music industry relies on the age group that we we take care of. Uh, It's the lifeblood of the music industry, teenagers and young adults. So it's just wonderful to see them step up.
2: It really is. And, you know, I've been to a couple of your gigs at the Royal Albert Hall and they are so special. They're such a, a special thing to attend. And I encourage anyone who loves music and loves supporting amazing causes to get online at 9 o'clock this morning and go to teenagercancetrust.org and try and get some tickets to one of these nights. Uh, so do you have any favourites yourself or are you just very happy with all, oh, the, all, oh, the, fr- oh. all the fruit in your bowl? <laughs> oh.
11: I'm oh, just, I'm, I'm just amazed. I mean, because what, what we've got such a the you know, a real spectrum of music right across the board this year, um, from from Youngblood, who I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see. I think he's one of the, the brightest young stars on the horizon out there, uh, playing music other than you know, rap, uh, hip hop, or drill, any of that stuff. He actually, is, he is some someone who I think is going to be the new David Bowie. Yeah. Um, and of course you've got Don Broco on the Monday, uh, Young Blue on the Wednesday, the comedy the comedy night is on the Tuesday, and we've got London's Pride. We've got the Nutty Boys, it's <laughs> uh, And they're, they're going to do something a bit different at the Albert Hall, I don't know what they're, they're up to, but they're, they're going to do something a bit special. Um, the Who are doing an acoustic night, which we're trying to keep the budget down because to put The Who on, Uh, on stage when we're not actually on tour it's quite expensive so we've got a group of musicians together along with Pete and myself and we're going to do some special acoustic stuff so that'll be interesting and obviously um this this guy I absolutely adore him Liam Gallagher uh he's a treasure and he's doing the Saturday night um, so we, let's hope we've still got enough beer in the hall. <laughs> last time, last time Liam or Oasis played the Albert Hall for me, they drunk the place dry. <laughs> they drunk the place dry, they really did. And, and then on the Sunday, we've, we've got the fabulous Ed Sheeran, who has been so supportive of the Teenage Cancer Trust, not only in the UK, but Teen Cancer America, which is the same thing, but in America. He's been there for me over there too, um, and he's he's just a governor guy. He he, he really is. He he's, What you see is what you get, and he's, there's no there's no fanny fanny with with with, uh, with Ed. He's he's absolutely stand up.
2: Well, I've got to tell you, Roger. I've seen the lights. You know. Over the years, and we've had you on to talk about them, uh, and you've sold out. But this is really as good as it gets. Don Brock on the Monday. Uh, the comedy night is fantastic. Joel Dommett, Tom Allen, who we love, Rob Beckett, Rosie Jones, Rama and Nathan, Susie Ruffle, and Sean Walsh. I mean, that's that is a trip, you know, triple, quadruple, quintuple um, uh, comedy lineup. That's on the Tuesday, Wednesday, as you say, Youngblood, 23rd of March. Thursday, Madness, who are just going to tear it up. And and you yourselves, the who doing an acoustic. Um, uh, uh, session, that's going to be amazing, that is I can't wait no, <laughs> no, but, the, but the point is for Who fans I mean, you know, when do you get to see that? Never and you know, and needs must because you want to make as much money uh, for teenage cancer trust as possible, so you are keeping the budget down and that's why, because you know um, uh, the lower the cost, the more money you're going to make and that's that's sort of what uh, what it says it does on the tin, that's what you have to deliver but the Who acoustically, that's going to sell out straight away, Friday the fifth uh, 25th of March Saturday, like you say, Liam Gallagher, 26th of March and then Ed Sheeran's top it all of I mean, I'm so excited I can barely speak as you can hear. I mean, that is some week. Well done to you. Well done to your team. Give your team a shout out. Go on, Roger. Because they deserve yeah, it. Yeah, it's
11: the team. It's Rob Ballantyne, Chris York, uh, Des Des Murphy. Um, they are just absolutely phenomenal. The team I have. I make the phone calls to make the offers that they can't refuse. Yep. And then they take over and do all the legal stuff with all the agents and the organisation. They are absolutely fantastic.
2: Um,
11: And I can't thank them enough.
2: Well, I can't thank you enough, Roger. You're awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show and thank you for everything you've done over the years. All right. All the best, Chris. You are the best. He literally is the best. He is as good as it gets. As good as it gets. I will be going online. You know, I get an invite from Rog uh, most years anyhow, but I'm going online. We're going to bag as many of these tickets for the Evans clan as possible. So you're up against us. Vassus, do you fancy a few of these tickets? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Nine o'clock.
8: So, Oh, I'm already on it. First. Me and my dad, we're doing it.
2: Which night do you fancy? Or nights do you fancy? I think
8: the Friday for sure. And maybe the Sunday too. Maybe the yeah. weekend of it. Friday,
2: Sunday. And if we can, uh, teenagecancerust.com for tickets for this year's amazing week of Teenage Cancer Trust gigs at the Albert Hall.
0: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
7: Virgin Radio.
0: As the lights go
6: out at the Winter Olympics in Beijing, passes the Baton to Milan, there's one man who needs a four-year break. He's commentated on 33 curling matches involving British teams. That's 100 hours behind the mic and both Team GB medals. So let's say wham, bam, Thank you, Steve Cram. Morning, Steve. Morning, folks. How are we
2: doing? Oh, my goodness me. We're very well. Um, well yeah. done. I mean, how did they do it?
1: How did you do it, pal? <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I'll have to go back and recount them. Thanks, Vassar. It certainly was at least that. Do you know what? It was great fun. I absolutely loved it. I, I'm, I'm so... You say every four years. I, I, I would do it every, every year. I love curling. Um Look, you know, they, I'm so pleased for even and, and the girls winning the gold medal. They weren't the favourites to do that. The boys were. The boys were really unlucky. You know, they met uh, Nicholas Eden, who's the greatest of all time. They met him on, on a day where he played out this well. It was like playing Barcelona on a night when Messi couldn't miss either. You know, it was, so they did nothing wrong. But curling, I'm so pleased back home. We, ne- we don't know, Chris. You know, when we're out there, we are just doing match after match. Have no idea... You know, what's happening back here, bro, it sounds as though people have been loving it, watching it, staying up late at night, um, and everybody loves curling again.
2: Everybody does. I mean, they always do, you know, when you're commentating on it. Do you remember the first uh, curling commentary um, from the cram microphone?
1: I got asked to do it in Vancouver uh, when a uh, guy called Doogie Donnelly used to do it for BBC. And I'd been at the curling in 2006 at the Winter Olympics, not, not commentating, just presenting. So they, they said, well, you obviously know something about it. You were there watching. I went, I, I, I can't commentate. But I had <laughs> Rona with me. And by the way, can I just say to uh, Rona and Jackie and my producer, Peter, who I know are now listening this morning, very tired. got all got back late last night. Thanks, guys. You're all brilliant. Um, you're there. Two fantastic people that sit alongside me because without them, I would be talking absolute nonsense most of the time. I do talk nonsense a lot of the time, but without them, it would be most of the time.
2: All right. And so um, before we get into what was it like to be at the Winter Olympics this time around, <laughs> you know, uh, how how exciting can curling get? Because it's often been described as like chess on ice, you know, clean as you go as well. We quite like that. They tidy as they go. That's nice. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it is genuinely great sport. Your kids can do it. Your know, old people can still do it. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking of having a, um, a trying to end in, into in the over 60s. Um, the issue, Chris, is just where where can you do it? You know, you've got to have uh, we don't have that many uh, rinks that that, are, that um uh, in scotland there is, there's there's obviously a lot more than there are in england there's only one or two in england the main ones in preston so really we just need more facilities because i think people would love to go and, and take part um you know, so we, we're hoping that when curling is on everybody's minds that uh you know there's a lot more thought about hey how could we make this happen for more people Scotland is the home of curling, obviously, but we wanted to see it played more right around the UK with a bit of luck.
2: I know how golf came about with the Shepherds off in St Andrews, 22 holes, four fell into the sea and it was 18 and that's why it has been ever thus. Um, how, where did, uh, similarly, I would imagine curling started on the ice up in Scotland with actual stones back in the day?
1: Yeah, you know, the, uh, I mean, Scotland 100% is the home of curling. The, the Dutch kind of have a, have a bit of a, you know, we had a version of it and all that sort of thing. But we, by the way, where were the Dutch? in beijing is what i would say (laughs) um so no you know it 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 belongs to scotland yes um you know with with stones and then eventually the whole thing about the brushes you know they they used to do that just to brush the frost off the ice first right so that they could you know play and then gradually that became part of the game uh initially with with sort of corn brooms and things and then as as the years have gone by much more tech around that but that's a massive part of the game lot less curling outdoors these days. It's just not cold enough. Uh,
2: so, Steve, and next stop, RunFest Run. Fest run. Um, so you better get some rest, pal.
1: Yeah, I've just remembered. Oh, man, we were talking RunFest out there. One of um, one of the uh, high ups in British curling was at the first RunFest. Fest. Oh, uh, cool. So, yeah, we were talking about it. Yeah, 100%. All right. Um, uh, yeah, we're all ready for it. Already got the route sorted. Really looking forward to it in, uh, in May. Uh, so if you haven't signed up, for goodness sake, sign up. This is going to be better than ever at Englefield, Beautiful place, by the way. You're stunning. Uh, really, re- oh, stunning. really good. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I've got to get running again first. I'm really worried about Vassos being able to absolutely tank me. I've, yeah, well, I've had three, four weeks of nothing.
2: He's in- While you've been away, he's invented mash, he's claiming.
1: <laughs> Cauliflower oh, mash. Uh, do you know what? I woke up early just because of the jet lag thing, waking up early. I mean, really, what was it? Cauliflower.
2: <laughs> did it help? I bet it really? didn't. Really?
1: How's that going to help with jet lag? I- you know what? what? There, 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 we, the, the, at times, the food wasn't great out there, particularly in the International Broadcast Center. You know, and they were trying to do vegetarian because obviously people are vegan and vegetarian things, and you would see this bowl. It would oh, we had robots delivering us food all know, the time. I know. I hear about all this. Yeah, it was yeah. good, but you know, there'd be a picture of cauliflower, for instance. You know, it did look like mashed cauliflower. And of course, people would go, ugh, now I have to eat it. So people were forced to eat that sort of stuff. I don't think anybody who's been to Beijing would be bringing in some cauliflower mash to work going, hey, folks, come and try this. This is
2: fantastic. (laughs) and you can only eat it with a straw. You can probably have it IV, I would imagine, as well. (laughs) Um, Right, so Steve is a team captain of the Bees at runfestrun.co.uk. For tickets, uh, go to runfestrun.co.uk now, and it's going to happen 20th to the 22nd of May, 2022, at a brand-new venue, Englefield House. But that's not why we got him in, but that is a fact. Uh, Steve, uh, rest up. Thanks so much, pal, and welcome home. I'm glad you got home safely with your pals.
1: Thank you. Glad you enjoyed the curling, everybody.
3: (laughs) How could we not? Couldn't get away from it.
0: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
7: Virgin Radio.
3: If there's an adventure to be had, our next guest is the man to have it, and he's coming to a town near you to tell you all about them. His brand-new UK tour, Ocean, kicks off in April, so, ladies and gentlemen, the presenter doesn't get any better. The subject doesn't get any wetter. Please welcome the superb Steve Backshaw. All right, Steve
14: subject doesn't get any wetter there's an introduction <laughs> so your tour ocean um, give us the headlines yeah that's right we're going around the country scotland wales northern ireland and england as well in april and early may and it's going to be talking about marine themes the ocean giants that fill our seas and um, everything that comes along with it so i'm i'm i'm
2: psyched i bet you are okay how much do you need to know uh, you know how much of a deep dive forgive the pun intended uh, do you need to take in order to be able to convey this to live audiences
14: It's tricky, isn't it? Because, you know, short of getting everybody very, very wet, how do you actually bring the ocean to life on stage? It's something that I'm struggling with right now, but I've come up with a whole bunch of live science experiments that I'm going to do on stage, most of which will probably go wrong. We've got a giant life-size replicas of some of the largest animals ever known to have existed on our planet. Uh, There'll be a massive screen with outtakes and bloopers, glorious natural history footage. It's going to be, well, it's going to be awesome
2: uh steve is going to be on tour with ocean and you can get tickets now uh steve com. are we heading towards the easter holidays for this steve for the families and things that's
14: the idea yeah so uh we're we're going from uh late march through april into into early May, and we're going we're going pretty much everywhere
2: okay by the way if it goes well i'm sure it, it will uh because uh, you only do gangbuster uh or gangbusters uh, please bring it to carfest that'd be awesome why not well, idea. Yeah, yeah why, why not? We should. Okay. Um, now to evince the fact that you're... Oh, we think he said cracking there. <laughs> Your microphone got out and all we heard was ing. I think he said... Did you, can you confirm you said what a cracking idea?
14: I, I almost certainly would have done it. Wouldn't have been anything naughty. Yeah, good, been, good, good, uh, good. <laughs> it sounded like we bleeped you and this is
2: pre-recorded, but we didn't bleep you and I promise all he said was cracking at the other end of the Line. Uh, it does sound quite blustery where you are. Are you actually on a boat
14: now? I am in the woods, Burnham Beaches right now. Um, right. It's pretty still. I mean, certainly not how it has been for the last week, which when I would not have been walking in these woods, that's for sure. What are
2: you doing in Burnham Beaches?
14: Uh, well, Helen is presently off with our three little kids, uh, Logan at three, Kim Bo at two, uh, and they are they're making a den they're, they're constructing
2: their very own den right now. I love it. I lo- and I also love it when people have made dens in in the woods, in the forest, up on Marla Common, where we are not too far away from uh, your stomping ground. You know, and the kids leave the dens for other kids to enjoy and add to. That is so cool, isn't it? It, it
14: is. It is absolutely perfect. Yeah, and, and it uh, it saves us an awful lot of work as well. All
2: right, I, I love your the outdoorsiness of your uh, of the, your skin and bones, and the fact that you you now sort of have contaminated in the best possible way uh, your family. Uh, with your your love and your passion for the great outdoors is it true that you took your wife Helen for her first Scottish winter climb last week
14: well it was also our first trip away from the the kids and it was uh, our valentine's day uh, present as well Aww. so to to, to, to well, I, I mean, it was lovely to go from a Caledonian sleeper and all of that. That's super romantic. But I, I think most people would think that dragging someone up a freezing, icy gully on the north face of Ben Nevis on Valentine's Day might not be the best move if you want to maintain a marriage.
2: But but she seemed to like it. Now you're supposed to break the ice on the first day, aren't you? Not years into the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but there's some proper pictures of her here um, with with ice ice an ice pick or what do they call those things that you that you I'm use. Sorry. Ice axes for your hands and crampons for your feet. Got it. I mean, she's got it all going on, hasn't she? Well,
14: unfortunately, the thing is, having an Olympian as a wife oh, means that yeah. I am taking place at absolutely everything. And I, and I keep trying to to throw her out of the comfort zone and do the kind of things that I do that, you know, have, have taken me decades. Yep. To learn and she just cruises all of them as if it's, you know, ridiculously easy. Yes, so it... If anyone out there has any ideas of something that I can set Helen to that you'll struggle with then please please tell me
2: because it's not working for me well, listen this picture of your family here on Instagram and that looks like it's that looks like it's where where we are Cook, 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 cook Danish up on the hills there overlooking the Thames but you look so happy Steve I'm so pleased for you
14: well it, I think
2: that fatherhood
14: changed me in a, a way that I kind of wasn't expecting I think a, a lot of dads particularly struggle with early childhood and thinking you know what what on earth am I here for? This, this is just a mess of nappies and smells and screaming. But for me, I had the lightning bolt. My, my life changed overnight in the most positive way. It became my reason to being. And I think having the opportunity to, to introduce our kids, I mean, you the word contaminate, I'm not sure I'd go that way, but to, to, to bring them into the natural world and to introduce them to adventure and to the outdoors, it is just has put everything in a completely different light Things that I've been doing since I was a kid all of a sudden have taken on a, a different, new significance. And even just pond dipping, climbing trees, you know, these things are, are now so, so precious.
2: Steve, before you go, um, can you please confirm, because people don't believe when I tell them, and it's one of my favourite uh, pub ammo facts, please can you confirm that you had a houseboat built in um, in the, sh- the, the shape and the form of the house you were actually Having built, uh, which you lived in at the bottom of your garden until the house's completion,
14: we we had two of the most perfect years of our life living on a houseboat while we uh, while we built our present house. Um, it was it the same shape as our, our present house? Well, did it match your house? Yeah, I guess, kind of. Oh, I mean, no. I,
2: oh I'm wrong about my own fact. <laughs>
14: <laughs> I, I would say that our our house now has quite a nautical look to it. It has quite a boat like appearance. So I'm.
2: Yes, of course. I, I totally agree with your pub. Fam. You're just being kind. Uh, no, because I once sailed past your houseboat and your house. And honestly, from the river, your boat merged a little bit into your house. It was like, it was like, um, like, I don't know, a, a pod from the lair of some kind of um, bond baddie. Not that you are at all, you know, because they, they had a sort of thematic thing going on. I've gone too far I with
14: like this. That description. All, all I can say is that living on a houseboat was utter joy. I've never felt so connected to an environment as I did to the river when we lived on that boat. We had swans coming to the back door oh, for no. the morning, kingfishers perching on the, the, uh, the bow of the boat. It was joyous. And did you manage to sell it in the end? We did eventually. It took a while. And thank you so much for your help. I'm pretty
2: sure that was... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not looking, I'm not looking for a cut. I just wondered how it went, because we did mention it last time on the radio, didn't we?
0: He's gone.
2: I don't blame him. All right, because uh, <laughs> he thought there was some, some uh, yeah, financial penury.
0: You're going to ask him for some money. I thought
2: there. <laughs> well done, Steve Backshaw. His tour, Ocean. Available tickets now. Uh, tickets are available now. Steve for the Easter holiday period and
7: either
0: side a bit-ish. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
7: Virgin Radio.
3: If you want to know what's going on up top, our next guest is your man. His most recent <laughs> brilliant book, Life on a Nice Edge, is out now. He's a brain surgeon. He's a neuroscientist. He's a snappy dresser. It's our go-to brain guru that really focuses the mind. It's Dr.
13: Rahul Jandial. Hello,
3: Rahul.
13: What a pleasure. I've had a double espresso, so be ready. <laughs> Jet lagged <laughs> with a double espresso. Okay,
2: and uh, three storms in Canton as well. Yeah. So you went live and direct from... Uh, los angeles you're not you're not there now you're here now um so you were over at the oxford union
13: yep at the oxford club i was meeting with a student who's a fascinating young man studying theology and he was asking me questions about the soul and the mind that he's hearing from his professors so i had to sort of shatter some myths you know with practical knowledge
2: So tell us about that because you know uh the soul is it is it you know is it beyond science um you know is its nemesis science uh how did that go
13: i'm no i think science is informing it i mean we used to think it was the heart and i've opened chests as part of my training and when you see that monster beating inside you think this is where the soul is but now just a few months ago we transplanted a pig heart into a human so it's clear that the soul is not in the chest. I do think animals may have a soul, but that nebulous feeling about where the soul resides comes from looking at a cadaver, is just flesh and bones, but then it can be animated. And at some point we realize the soul must rely in the brain because without the brain there is no life. And it's one
2: of uh, science's problem when it comes to things like the soul, linguistics, because, mm-hmm. you know, I was reading about Chinese, uh, about, um, uh, Chinese language um, mm-hmm. at the weekend, and... You know, one of the things about Zen is um, the reason Zen is more um, explainable via Chinese um, literature is because each word is as much of an image Mm. as it is indeed a word, you know, and they say um, one showing is worth a thousand sayings. And the great thing about the Chinese language is it can paint, literally paint a, a figurative picture as well as try and deliver a literal message. And sometimes that is our problem. If we can't explain it with the words and most things in the world, we really can't. And most things other than us don't even want to or feel the need to explain themselves like that. Um, that that could be the, the barrier we're up against.
13: I like that. I mean, it can't be articulated. There's something that suffuses us. I mean, when we wake, when you wake up out of anesthesia, you can see people come alive. It's hard to explain as a certain wire or a certain chemical. There's an animation. I think that's where Mary Shelley, with the thought of sort of zapping people alive, and we still do that. We We do shock therapy for people with depression. We shock the chest for people who are having heart attacks. So this integration with electricity, I think, My thought is we're electric. We are electric minds and electric bodies. And that's where when you see a story like somebody's hit with lightning and they can do math all of a sudden. Or how does electricity Snap us out of depression. I think the answer there for the soul is that we are electric. We are electric, but but, but because everything
2: is electric and mm. we're part of that network. And so once again, if we look inside ourselves for the soul or, you know, th- there is another, you know, if you meditate for long mm. enough, and I'm sure you've done this. But if you meditate for long enough, you become boundless, mm. you know, and you become connected and you no longer have a center because you don't feel like you need to. And you suddenly then begin to contemplate, you know, this w-
13: the soul may not be inside us. We may be inside the soul that's fascinating and i think that's uh that's something that we see with patients who have remarkable recoveries you see how their energy is before surgery when they're battling cancer you do see more of that than just the procedural or the mechanized kind of concepts
2: and what about this um this oh i wish i could remember her name she's got a book out at the moment She's this brilliant uh, neurologist, and she is fascinated by the fact for the first time in fMRI or MRI, uh-huh. probably fMRI, they've been able to scientifically prove the existence of spirituality.
13: That's via, fascinating.
2: Via anecdotal, basically reflections uh, and um, uh, stories, and certain parts of the brain are, are fired off when people. Uh, recount spirit, their spirituality, They said, Okay, that bit there lighting up, that that is the beginning of the essence of spirituality.
13: I would add to that. I would say that it's more of a global or a brain wide phenomenon. I'll give you a very specific example. We do something called awake brain surgery. It usually has to do with the left temporal lobe. We do it because the address for language is not very specific. So everybody has to be, you know, woken up in surgery and we zap the surface. So the, the surface of the brain is where all the sparks are happening. And when we zap the surface, and this has been documented in literature for decades, people have visions of God. And it's fascinating. They always have visions of God that they're reared with. And so my hypothetical experiment, because I go to South America quite a bit, is there are still tribes that have not been in contact with humanity. And how fascinating would it be to do awake brain surgery on somebody that has not been socialized with the concept of spirituality or God? And what if we did tickle the surface of the brain and they still had visions of something higher than maybe, maybe that biology? And spirituality are linked and that's our advantage as humans and our ability to connect with each other
2: right we're almost out of time by the way if you're just tuned in with listening to the genius that is dr raul jandial uh, life's on the nice knife's edge is out now find out more about dr uh, raul at dr jandial J-A-N-D-I-A-L.com. that's d-r dr jandial dot lcom and before we go we know that if we want our kettle to work, we plug it in. That's where it gets its juice from. Where do we get our juice from?
13: Oh, that's interesting. That That is a very tough question. I would tell you, from the same way uh, that jellyfish can create electricity <laughs> or an electrical eel, it's the same thing. It's a it. battery. <laughs> if you separate two ions,
10: yeah.
13: positive charge and negative charge, yeah. the physical world wants them to come together. Yeah. If you separate them and they run towards each other... Uh, that running that movement is electricity and that's what's happening in in the hundred billion jellyfish we call neurons in our mind
2: you're awesome um when do you go back to los angeles tomorrow oh give our love london for the weekend give our love to the sunshine (laughs) (laughs) thanks Thank you for having me. awesome,
0: awesome, always awesome. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show
7: with Sky. Virgin Radio.
2: Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.
4: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.